Welcome to The Passion Project, a podcast from the University of Michigan. My name is Emma Winowicki, and this week, we're taking a look at passion in the arts. Nationwide, college students of all majors participate in bands, orchestras, and choirs. I got to sit down with the directors of one such group to find out why engineering or medical students still want to study music. Every Thursday and Sunday, nearly 80 girls gather in an MLB auditorium. But it's not for a class or a sorority. It's to sing. I think the non-music majors kind of enjoy it as a release and a, an expressive something that's different from the rest of their day. That's Dr. Julie Skadsom, the director of the Women's Glee Club, a choir open to any female student. She thinks it's important for everyone to study music, not just people who want to major in singing. So I think it's kind of part of the longevity of music enjoyment in general as part of our culture that we need to educate everybody about singing and music and appreciating it. The feedback I got from last time was that the sectionals were very helpful. Almost none of the members of this choir are majoring in music. They dedicate four hours a week to rehearse for various performances throughout the semester. Shohei Kobayashi is the choir's assistant director and a master's student in the choral conducting program here at Michigan. The setting of, of singing in a choir and the sort of what's involved with just sort of giving up yourself to singing that music and, and giving up those two hours every day to just be in this music. It's a very personal thing, personal experience on an individual level, and then to be able to sort of, you know, follow a conductor in front of you and to be, be able to make that trust happen um, between the singers and the conductor is just, it's just a very personal experience. There's more benefit to being in the Women's Glee Club than just getting the chance to perform. There's that level of trust in an ensemble that sort of builds teamwork and unity, and I like to be a part of that. In the competitive world of a cappella, it's not often a group drops out of the competition at the peak of their success. I'm Emma Sutherland, and I sat down with the Michigan G-men to explore what really drives their passion for a cappella. The Michigan G-men, an all-male a cappella group at the University of Michigan, were formed in 1995. Their high-energy antics and seamless harmonies have built their reputation as one of the premier groups on campus. Although not evident from their sound, the group members hail from many different backgrounds and experience levels. Hi, my name is Jordan Liu. Uh, I'm a senior studying computer science. Uh, I'm Conrad Diao. I'm a freshman, uh, and I joined the G-Men in the fall of 2015. Uh, I've been 
playing piano since I was five or six. I started performing with the G-Men, so I've never played an instrument before or sung. Or... The G-Men have also enjoyed a lot of success in recent years. In the past, they have toured around the United States and performed for President Barack Obama. They have also attended the International Championship of Collegiate Acapellas Finals in New York City numerous times. Last year, they placed third. This year, the G-Men decided to forego competing in ICCAs. Well, we all had our own reasons. We did a vote. My reasoning was uh, we did it my freshman, sophomore, and junior year. Uh, and it's kind of a pretty big time commitment. I sat in on one of the groups who was competing, who actually did really well, um, one of their rehearsals, and I watched them, and I was immediately so glad that we weren't doing it. It seemed really stressful, really burdensome. And it's uh, a competition kind of forces you to stretch the bounds of what you're used to doing. It makes you work really, really hard to get better. Uh, and it does make you get better, but we're just trying to, I guess, get better in a different direction. I think that it gives us kind of a more intrinsic focus. He's been doing a lot of more artsy arrangements, more arrangements that are less like things that people are used to singing and used to hearing. So it's kind of cool to focus on that kind of thing instead of like having to think, oh, how do we put together a set that is gonna have mass appeal. It definitely allows us a little bit more flexibility. You know, it just lets us, I think, enjoy each other's company a lot more. Uh, so for acapella, I think what it is is like people who realize that they like music, um, they start wanting to make music, but all the time, like when they're in places without instruments and stuff like that. So like I remember just like having a group of friends and being like, hey, do you guys want to like learn something cool? And like trying to see if you could just like make harmonies and stuff like that. While today, struggling artists seems to be a catch-all term for almost anyone, there are those who find themselves so immersed in their art that they wind up doing all sorts of out-of-the-ordinary things. I'm Katie Colosimo. Everyone started talking about where they were going for college, <laughs> and I was like, oh no, I have no idea. Um, and basically everybody else was like, well, what do you mean you have no idea? You're going to go to art school, right? This is Hilary Butterworth a young local artist who resides just outside of downtown in a cozy apartment tucked into the edge of the woods. She makes careful brush strokes with watercolor and charcoal as she tells me about some of her work. She creates many interactive and out-of-the-ordinary pieces, such as an ongoing project in which she weaves multiple web installations together anywhere she can, sometimes spending over 10 hours on one net. It started because I was interested in weaving, and I was weaving on a loom. I was frustrated by the loom because it's this big honking like frame and it's you can't take it anywhere, it stays put. I found that I didn't need a frame for this type of weaving and that I could weave this textile basically anywhere I wanted. I think I felt really mysterious. <laughs> it was exciting to make something that apparently appeared mysteriously overnight and uh, was Beautiful, kind of like graffiti, but not at all damaging to property. <laughs> she also constructed a mechanical drawing machine that is activated by a viewer's presence. It draws ellipses that can eventually become more complex mandalas. The viewers are encouraged to take the drawing with them afterwards. I was trying to come up with ways to get people involved with what I was making. One way is to bring the art out 
into their lives, like actually on the street. And another way is to get the art to talk back. So the art isn't just sitting there waiting to be looked at. It's something that looks back at you. I wanted there to be some evidence of that interaction in the end. I didn't want there to just be like something cool that activates and then you walk away and it's over. I wanted there to be a drawing left behind to evidence that somebody had been there. Hillary sketches, paints, and sculpts, but what makes her a great artist isn't simply her passion for creating, but her treatment of the arts is a skill set that she's always trying to improve. She works tirelessly on her projects, weaving nets or creating stick-and-poke tattoo designs for hours, what most people would see as strenuous and repetitive. <laughs> yeah. yeah, to me they don't seem at all tedious, it's just, it's like, but I, I totally, they probably do look absolutely ridiculous from the outside. <laughs> See, it seems to me like every time I work on a project that I'm just never doing enough. I just really want it to work out. I want to improve. Like, I wake up every day and I think, like, this is going to be cool because by the time I go to sleep, I'm going to be better at something. Although powerful, passion can be frustrating and confusing at times. My name is Amy Zhao, and in this chapter, I discuss one student's struggle with her many passions. This orchestra piece titled Mexico was written by University of Michigan senior Mayumi Kimura Megaro, who studies music composition and international studies. Mayumi has been playing the piano since she was four years old and composing since she was 12 years old and has had multiple performances at venues all around the world. I am very passionate about music, of course. Um, more specifically, I'm very passionate about film scores. However, music isn't her only passion. I'm very passionate about being Mexican. I'm very passionate about, I mean, my friends and my family. There's like the personal connections that I have in my life. Um, I really cherish. I'm very passionate about traveling, about learning. Um, I love learning. The interesting thing about passion is that it is possible to have too much of it. This is because having multiple passions can pull someone in different directions. I'm in this like limbo of passions right now and like music is just such a specific thing. Sophomore year was like my low point. I started doing my dual degree in international studies and I also started working as a resident advisor. So there was this like triggering of passions that I wasn't even aware of, um, which at the time was actually more confusing because then I didn't know what to do. But then I realized that I could actually join them into like putting all these issues into my art. Another one of her pieces titled, in the English translation, Close Your Eyes and Hear the Light Sing was written in response to Mexico's social and political situation in regards to the war on drugs. Although Mayumi has accomplished a lot through music already by combining some of her passions, she still doesn't know where they will take her in the future. I actually don't know if I'm going to do music afterwards. I feel like I want to do something more meaningful with my life that actually has more results. Maybe going into like non-profit or non-governmental organizations or something like that, um, the UN or something. Ralph Waldo Emerson once said, Passion, though a bad regulator, is a powerful spring. Whatever Mayumi ends up doing, she's already learned one thing, 
that she is definitely not going to let passion regulate her life. Thanks for listening. Please tune in next week for another episode of The Passion Project.